Saturday. I'm Shark. He's Goon on the Skywalker spoilers this time. The Hollywood Reporter has a large interview with the Rise of Skywalker co-writer Chris Terrio. We're going to break this apart into several episodes. The first thing I want to dive in on, Goon, this is Chris speaking. He's talking about, is the Rise of Skywalker a reaction to The Last Jedi, or more correctly, the fan reaction to The Last Jedi? Chris says, those people who see it as a meta-argument between J.J. and Ryan are missing the point, I think. At the end of The Last Jedi, Luke has changed. I think it would be a bad misreading to think that was somehow me and J.J. having an argument with Ryan. It was more like we were in dialogue with Ryan by using what Luke did at the beginning of The Last Jedi to now say that history will not repeat itself and these characters have grown. So uh, basically, the writer of the movie saying, hey, fans, or stupid fans, you're all wrong. You and I didn't feel that way. But um, what do you think? I am... I think it's a little bit of spin control, a little bit of not trying to throw uh, Ryan under the bus, but I do think the, uh, the character of Luke went from grouchy old hermit to, you know what? I kind of believe in the, the whole force and hope thing again. So when, when the lightsaber got thrown in, he caught it, he's kind of, kind of given a, a little wink to the, the fans, but at the same time, I, I really do feel like the Skywalker character grew a little bit. Well, this is Chris again. At the end of The Last Jedi, Luke has changed. When people look at that, I feel that they misread the ending of The Last Jedi. Throughout The Last Jedi, Luke is stuck, just as so many of the characters in The Empire Strikes Back were stuck. The Falcon's hyperdrive is literally stuck. The Last Jedi is a really strong middle act because it seems like everyone is spinning their wheels and stuck in certain ways, just as they are in Empire Strikes Back. I mean that in the sense everyone's trying to move forward, but as in any middle act, they can't quite get there. When Luke says a Jedi's weapon deserves more respect, that's Luke speaking. That's his own character. He's making fun of himself. He's saying to Rey, please don't make the same mistake that I did. Yeah, but fans, a lot of fans aren't smart enough to to realize that. And of course, they get to go into the the whole, yeah, they're, they're taking out on on Ryan because we changed it. Um, one of the worst things about Star Wars are the, the fans. Um, I think part, like I just said, partly was Luke realized that his character or his, his journey from when he was in the last Jedi was, was like, yeah, you know what? I was a little bit of a jerk. I was a hermit. I hate a thing. And then when he fought at the end of on crate, he realized that he had to give the, the uh, galaxy hope. And once he had his hope restored, he was like, yeah, I was being a jerk. I shouldn't have just tossed away my saber, my lightsaber. So uh, maybe we should show a little more respect to it. So I think it was twofold. Uh, Your instincts are right. So the interviewer asked Chris here, this is the interviewer at the end of the last Jedi, Luke sacrificed his life to save the resistance, inspire the next generation of heroes. A year later in the rise of Skywalker, Poe mentions twice how the galaxy is still afraid and in need of hope. Why did Luke's sacrifice fail to provide the hope the galaxy needed to join the fight? Something Lando holds off in the third act. Chris's answer. I don't want to overexplain our intentions in the film. I'd leave it to the audience to draw causal connections between the events. But I will say there's no reason to think Luke's sacrifice wasn't what inspired the galaxy. Lando, ra- Lando rounded up the allies, but clearly something has changed in the galaxy since the Battle of Crate. The galaxy answers the call this time. So, you know how they... 
there's a lot of force sensitive people in the in the, the galaxy. Yeah. So maybe there was a more of um, a dark side starting to creep in on everybody, and by Luke sacrificing himself and giving a little bit of hope to like Ray and his his friends and his sister, that that hope started going through the light side of the of the force and started connecting all the force users. So who's to say that all the all the uh, the ships that all of a sudden that Lando got weren't already feeling like they were getting pulled or something. Just like the stormtroopers felt like killing the villages was wrong, which was touched on in the movie too. You know, it, it could have been too. You know, you think to how people react to things. I don't know. Maybe this is a terrible analogy that I haven't thought through as, as I'm just speaking as um, as I think about it. But, you know, maybe, you know, Joe Republic was like, yeah, I don't want to go through another war. You know, it doesn't really affect me, blah, blah, blah. And then everybody going, but, yo, Palpatine is back is kind of like this might be horrible. We may get letters, but, you know, hey, Hitler's back might motivate people. I don't know. Like, it just it makes sense to me that people go, oh, shit, this time we better jump in. Yeah. Or or even like uh, as a kid growing up, you have that one bully in the street. That it's been in a lot of movies too, like so it's like mirror on like real life. But you have that one bully when you're growing up, and then the one kid stands up to him. He might get knocked down. Then all of a sudden, there's five or six other kids that come back. So you have to have your quote unquote hero get knocked down for others to stand back up and create a united front. Technology in the Star Wars universe. Hey, you go to light speed or hyperspace, you're there in a second. There's no reason why long range comms and uh, hyperspace can't get that armada there. So, slightly switching topics, another thing in the article asks Did Luke and Leia discuss Ray's ancestry after the Battle of Crate? Once Luke had passed, their, inter- their interaction on Crate seemed like their first conversation in a really long time. Plus, Luke, men- plus, Luke mentioned Darth Sidious during his training of Ray on 8. And he didn't seem to bat an eyelash over Palpatine's granddaughter standing right in front of him. Chris says, this one I have to leave to the imagination of the viewer, but I don't think it would be wrong to assume that Luke's Force ghost would seek out his Force-sensitive Jedi-trained sister. So a lot to unpack there. So as far as Luke not saying anything about who Rey's grandfather is, we do have a Jedi tradition of Force ghosts, you know, not telling people things. Yeah, I mean... I also kind of feel like they didn't, Palpatine wasn't going to be the big bad throughout the whole series. You know, I, I, I think that even though they worked around it, I think Ryan was trying to change that. You know, maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. But I feel that Palpatine's inclusion kind of came after Ryan Johnson left. Yeah, I was listening to another podcast this morning and I have to do some research on it. Uh, apparently there is a big amount of cut scenes that suggested a different big bad that has now been completely lifted from the movie and supposedly only um daisy ridley and um i'm I'm spacing adam driver um only they knew that palpatine was in the film so it seems like the palpatine stuff may have been tacked on really no one else in the movie mentions palpatine yeah i mean all you hear about it is that the the opening crawl and then you just hear when um, 
driver and Ray are fighting around with it. And then towards the end, it's like, all right, we got to get the the Armada. What's what's going on on Zangal? But they never really mentioned Palpatine, right? Yeah, I, I, according to uh, the other podcast and from my own memory, no one mentions Palpatine. So I I I also read that in an article that Kathleen Kennedy was the one that wanted Palpatine in in this movie. Well, it makes sense, you know. It it makes sense and it doesn't because if this was the Skywalker saga, well, it kind of wasn't. It was the Palpatine saga. But on the other hand, he was the driving force between you know the first six films, so it it's not crazy talk that he shows up here. No, I, I mean I actually like the fact that he he showed up because it's a little more closure too. But it just feels like there were there it was a little disjointed with the between the Last Jedi and. Rise of Skywalker. So I don't know if there was a different thread of who was going to be the big bad or what have you, or I could be totally wrong. It was Palpatine the whole time, but I just feel, I just feel like there was something that was just a little off. And that's why Luke and Leia never really mentioned it to each other, or maybe they just had a, a force feeling, you know, we see that, you know, Kylo and, uh, and, um, Ray can do like these force visions with each other and talk to each other in person. Who's to say that Luke and Leia couldn't do something like that too? No, exactly. Well, I've got an idea for the Palpatine thing. I'll tell you what, let's stop here. I'll make this a cliffhanger. I think I know how I can fix the whole Palpatine thing very easily. Uh, so we'll do that in the next episode and then we'll come back and we'll break apart this Chris Terrio article some more. Um, there's your cliffhanger. Stay tuned. Uh-huh. 